The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Gosh, I just don't reflect. I'm Paul Edwards, host of Tuesday Topics. Welcome, everyone. Um, We are so glad to have you. All of our usual suspects are with us this evening, I'm very happy to say. Good evening, Brian. Good evening, Paul. How are things down in your neck of the woods? Well, we're it's it's very exciting down here. We're getting ready for the uh, the ACB um, fall board meeting, which is about to happen right in my little neck of the woods, which is very exciting. And uh, and and I think one of our other folks is um, going to be down here for some of that. Is that right, Mister Rick? Yeah, I sure am coming down Thursday. Yeah, so we're gonna excellent. you're buying me dinner at Morton's, I understand. So thank yeah. you. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would have been this better is, early this birds. Is, this is the stuff that dreams are made of. <laughs> <laughs> you're the one that brought it up. Yeah. So. <laughs> and our our hand raiser is uh Miss Marianne. Hey, Miss Marianne. Hello, Paul. Good to be here. Yep. She's up in Pennsylvania, so she's not nearly as close to the action as she was. Unfortunately. Excellent. And, ta-da, we have uh, a guest with us this evening who um, does some stuff with cruising, and we're going to let her tell us a good deal about that. Her name is Katie White. Hey, Katie. Hi. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yep, that's excellent. Katie exhibited at our ACB National Convention. I did not get a chance to see her, so I figured I could remedy that this evening. Katie, we are so glad you're here. And in fact, why don't you begin by telling us a little bit about who you are, where you are, and what you do? Okay, sounds great. So I'm Katie. Um, I'm a mom, a wife, a travel agent. I'm co-president of our cooperative preschool that we're in. So I wear a lot of different hats all the time. Um, I'm located in Indiana. So I am on Eastern time right here in the Midwest, born and raised a Hoosier. Um, I am a travel agent and I've been doing this for coming up on two years now. Um, It's something I've always been really interested in and I've loved to do. I've planned travel for friends and family for years and years. Um, And when it was time for me to take a step back from the corporate world, because it was time for me to be more present at home, we homeschool our kiddos. um, So it was just time to kind of slow down a little bit. And when it was time for me to slow down, my husband said, hey, you know, you really love doing this. You've always wanted to be a travel agent. Why don't you start your own business and just try it out, see how it goes. It can be flexible and give you some opportunities to, you know, still maintain a professional career while teaching the kids and doing things that we need you to do with them. So that's how I ended up here, um, kind of from that boost of confidence from my husband. I have a few different specialties that I work in. So I work with um, accessible travel is my main specialty. I would say about 90% of my clients are uh, disabled in some way. Most of them are blind or low vision. I also specialize in Disney destinations. So anything Disney, I'm highly trained on. 
cruises, especially Royal Caribbean, Norwegian, and Carnival, but I do other cruise lines as well. And then Universal Orlando Resort is another one of my specialties. And then I, a question I get a lot uh, when, when people hear that I specialize in accessible travel is, you know, how, what, what qualifies you to be able to do that? How did you end up in that very, very niche area of travel agency work? Um, and the answer is really just that I have a lifetime of experience in that area. So both of my parents are blind. Uh, my husband is blind. My brother has some other things going on as well. So I just, I literally like grew up in this world. Um, and I've traveled with my parents my whole life. And now I travel with my husband. And so I have a ton of personal experience in this area, as well as professional experience. Um, my entire professional career in, in like the actual workforce, not working from home as a travel agent, um, was with individuals with disabilities of all different kinds. Um, I was an RBT and worked with kiddos with autism for several years. And um, I've been a DSP, which is a direct support professional and worked with people in their homes. And so I really have a passion for travel and I really have a passion for helping individuals with disabilities. So I just kind of combined them together. Um, and I really enjoy what I do. I love the people portion and getting to talk to people and connect with people. I think that's my very favorite part of my job is hearing about the travels that people have and um, hearing all about their stories of the places that they went and the things they love the most. I love that part of my job. <laughs> so do you, do you just help people book cruises or are you prepared to go with them uh, on a cruise and, and kind of provide support as well? Or how does that work? Yeah. So for the most part, I do bookings. So mm -hmm. I make it accessible for my clients. Um, a lot of the websites, like the cruise websites, are they're just not very accessible at all. And when you they try are to not, navigate, they are not. Yeah, yep. they're they are visually very appealing, but that does not help someone who's using a screen reader. But in some cases, they're not they're not even visually terribly accessible. So when yeah, I asked for help crazy. recently, uh, they said, "I don't think we're going to be able to help you much," and it was almost as bad for them as it was for me. Yeah, yep. some of them are just, they're not set up well. No. So I kind of take that weight off of my client's shoulders by navigating that and getting them booked. Um, and then there's other things that I do as well. For example, I read through all of the different shore excursions that are available for my clients' cruises if they would nice. like to do that. Um, I help them get those purchased and confirmed because that's not always the easiest thing to do either. Um deck plans. I have not yet found a deck plan that is accessible with a screen reader. So I take the deck plans and I turn them into an accessible format for my clients so that, you know, it's, it's important that you have a general idea of where things are on the ship. It's important to everyone who's sailing. Um, so I think that's something that needs to be accessible to everyone. So I make sure that my clients have that before they travel as well. That way they can save it in whatever format they would like. Um, and then they have that deck plan that they can access that you, you can't really access with a screen reader on like the cruise lines apps or anything like that. It just doesn't work with that function. So those are the sorts of things that I do to help out my clients on the day-to-day -day basis. Um, and then I also have a couple of guided group cruises coming up. 
So those will be ones where I am actually on the ship with my clients. Um, we'll do things like a ship orientation tour. We'll do activities together around the ship. Um, we'll have meals together if people would like to do that. And then depending on the interest of everyone who's going, if there's enough people interested and they would like to do this, we'll also do guided shore excursions um, where it would be just private and just our group. And I would go to lead the group and we would do our shore excursions together. So let me describe to you first, and, and we have no idea exactly how many people we'll have outside with questions and we'll get to them in a while. But let me describe briefly the um, the situation of our folks who are here. Um, I have probably cruised, oh, I don't know, eight or 10 times altogether. Um, and always on Norwegian. Um, okay. Brian, you have not cruised at all. Is that right? That's right. However, I am planning a family cruise for the spring. Ta-da. And uh, Miss Marianne, how about you? Five. Five cruises. Yep. Often or? Um, spread out from 2001 <clears throat> till... The last one that I went on was March of 2022. Nice. And how and, many different, different cruise um, lines? I've been on, okay, so I did um, Holland America was my first cruise, which I absolutely loved. I um, Then I've done Norwegian, I've done Royal Caribbean, and I've done Princess. Nice. So five cruises, and celebrity. four different lines. And Celebrity. Oh, and Celebrity. Yeah. Very good. Five out of five, um, five different lines. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Gassman. I've done two cruises. 1997, we did a twins cruise with 50 sets of twins, inaugurated the Don Princess, went through the Panama Canal, which was great fun, but it was, it's, you know, that's 26 years ago, and a lot, a lot has changed since then. And the most recent one was one to Alaska, both on Princess. This was the Princess Discovery about three weeks ago. And then we'll go to Hawaii in a year or two. I don't know which ship yet from L.A. to Hawaii we will sail to Hawaii, which I'm looking forward to. Cool. So, Miss Katie, talk to us about accessibility. How are companies, in your opinion, in terms of making cruises accessible to folks who are blind? Because that's that's the group we're primarily concerned about. We we may have some folks who are on who will ask some questions about other groups, but for the most part, you can you can assume that most of us are interested in stuff relating to blind and visually impaired stuff. Yeah, so the cruise lines are coming a long way. They really are. Um, they are striving really hard to be as inclusive as they can. Um, and they've made a lot of changes, especially since COVID. You know, with COVID, cruise lines was actually, they were completely shut down for quite a while. And they weren't even able to cruise with anyone. <laughs> um, so they made a lot of improvements and changes over that closure. And I think they really kind of took that time to take in some feedback that they have been getting for a while and really make those changes because they actually had the time to do it, which is really great. I would say that Royal Caribbean is really striving to be the most inclusive um, and they've got a lot going for them in the accessibility area. Um, they're doing some really cool things. Like for example, they have qualified readers on their ships, which are staff members who have special training to be able to 
read you the menu or read different um, game materials to you, things like that, which is really awesome. Um, Norwegian is also excellent. Uh, Paul, you said yours were no, your cruises were Norwegian. Yes. Yeah. So you know that they have you meet with a staff member the first day of the cruise um, so that you have a face-to-face -face interaction with someone on the ship so that they can find out how they can best assist you. What exactly are your needs? What can they do to help you out? Um, cruise lines have also started as much as they can. Now, there are some cruises where they're short on staffing um, that I think it's just something that's happening across the board everywhere. For example, my pharmacy is 11 days behind. They told me the last time I picked up medications um, just because they're so short staffed. The cruise line industry is not immune to those issues, uh, but as much as they can, they like to assign a crew member to the clients that are traveling um, so that at least for the first day, you've got someone there who can help show you around and help you really familiarize yourself with the ship. Most of the cruise lines will also do a ship orientation tour and things like that so that you get the feel of kind of where things are on the ship. Um, we personally have never had any issues getting assistance in the buffet area or anything like that. So I have two small kids, like I mentioned. Um, and so I have my hands full just all the time, um, yep. <laughs> especially on the cruise ship, kind of trying to rein those tiny humans in when there's a lot of stuff going on and a lot of places they want to be. Um, so especially if we go to the buffet restaurant on a cruise ship, it's not very easy for my husband to navigate because, like I said, he is also legally blind. So he needs some assistance in those areas sometimes like he really can't tell what this is he can't read the signs it can be really difficult for him um and the first cruise we went on coming back from covid we've been on many many cruises but the first cruise we went on when they were coming back from covid um they were I, they had really upped their game um and, and it's been obvious every cruise we've gone on since since covid that they've really upped their game the cruise lines have um, they noticed immediately that I had my hands full and I was trying to juggle all of these things that I had going on while trying to read what was available to my husband to get his plate for him. And, um, so they, every time they saw us walk in, they had a crew member right there that was helping and they were helping my husband and going through the buffet with him and reading off what they had. Um, they, they are, I I've never met an unfriendly crew member on a cruise ship they're all so welcoming and um they all they, want they are very well trained yep yes it is it is really amazing and and like i said since they had to shut down over covid they really have made some some big improvements in that area um there are definitely there's still room for improvement that is for sure for example the accessibility in the apps um Royal Caribbean is the one that I can speak to the most because that's the one that we sail on the most. We just like it the best for our family. Um, we do most of our sailings that we go on. It, we do bring our kiddos. So it's the most family friendly line. It's the one that that we personally sail on a lot. I know a lot about all of the other lines as well for my training, um, but especially Royal Caribbean because we use that one a lot. Um, only part of their app is accessible 
Um, checking in can be kind of a pain in the app when you have to check in for your cruise. Um, that section's not very screen reader accessible. You can read the schedule, which is good. That's really important. Um, and that usually works in the app, but the deck plan never works. We can never get the screen reader to work for that. So that's why I have created that deck plan that I send out to everyone. And I help my clients with the check-in process as well if they're having trouble with it. But overall, I think they're doing a really good job. Um, I wish that they would have Braille available on the ship for like the menus and um, the daily planners that they put out. I wish that they would have a Braille copy of that because it does have the daily schedule in it that you can access in the app. But it's also got additional information that's just not not in the app. And it's good information to have. And I think it should be accessible to everyone. So there's definitely so still room for improvement. But overall, yeah. it's really good. So, so my friend Mikey Wiseman has just joined us. And, and he and I have done quite a lot of cruising together. Hello, Mr. Michael. Hello. Am I, uh, can you hear me okay? We can. We can. You're, you're just fine. So Katie is the person who you're listening to. Um, and I'm, I'm about to respond to some of the things that she talked about. Um, I, I think that, I think that both Mikey and I would agree that there has been a lot of improvement in terms of accessibility over the past, um, over the past few years. Um, on the last cruise, we didn't actually request it, but because I'd gotten it before, I ended up getting um, the daily schedule in Braille every day. Nice. Um, which was very cool. Now, it was interesting, and there are probably a few people who would have been unhappy with it because it was done in computer Braille and there was no contractions. But but it was absolutely fine with me. I wish there was another way that I could have interacted with them because they ended up printing an awful lot of stuff that they didn't need to print because <clears throat> typically I would get a hundred or 120 pages a day. So well, um, well good on them it, for like going above and beyond for that. Though. Yeah. Like, it's it really is a long way. It really, really has. Yep. Um, and on, on this ship, I think, um, I, there, there was there was certainly Braille on the elevators when we first started cruising together. There wasn't, and that was a real pain. Um, the, there are still some problems um, on, or there were on this ship, with getting the right cabin number. So, mm. the my my cabin number in Braille was not marked correctly, um, but it was it was marked correctly in print. Mm. Um, um, Mikey, what 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 else would you say were were new things in terms of accessibility? Oops, must have disappeared. He's on a cruise somewhere. Uh, um, yeah. Paul, uh, Paul. Yes, I'm so sorry. I'm gonna have to hang up. Um, I'll be right back. Um, some folks just walked into my hotel room, and apparently. They have the same hotel room, so I I will be right back. <laughs> Very good. What do they know okay. about cruising? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but we we found that um, that that um, that what Katie says is correct. Um, most of most of the crew members on on board the ship um, are are very willing to help. 
what tends to happen on um, Norwegian, or at least what certainly happened to us, is one person in each of the restaurants tends to get designated as the person who yes. will work with uh, with those of us who are blind, and and so they're the they're the folks who will read the menu, but they're very content to read the whole menu, and and they're they are the they're the folks who will do the orders, and that applies not just to the the standard restaurants, but also um, to the specialty restaurants. And there are a bunch of those on on Norwegian ships. And, and I think we went to three or four and found the service in all four to be extremely good. We had we had no issues in any of them. Um, I, so do you have um, do you have suggestions um, as as to the best way of dealing with um, letting folks know that you're blind, should you identify as blind in advance while you're registering, Miss Katie? Yes, absolutely. So I always recommend that you work with a travel agent because they are the experts in their field, whether it's me or someone else. Um, using a travel agent is free. It doesn't cost you anything. Uh, the suppliers actually like the cruise lines, hotels, Disney, those kinds of places, they build the cost of an agent into their pricing. So when you book on your own, you're kind of missing out on a whole service that you could be getting that you're actually paying for. Um, so when you use a travel agent, they will be able to walk you through step-by-step step the very best way to be able to do that. They can help coordinate directly with the ships and the, the accessibility team on your actual ship. Um, there's forms that can be filled out ahead of time. Letting them know ahead of time what they can do to help you is absolutely hands down the best way to have a great experience on a cruise ship. I know it can seem like such a hassle. I know that it can seem like an invasion of privacy sometimes because they might ask you some extra questions that you aren't expect or expecting. Um but they're asking them genuinely to be able to help you. And the mm -hmm. best way to do that is being open with them and being honest. And on the flip side, when you get back, being that open and honest and providing them feedback is also so important because they can't make improvements mm -hmm. unless they know what isn't working. So being able to provide the feedback and say, like we really loved that there was Braille on the elevator, but having Braille outside of the main areas, like the card room, having the card room labeled in Braille, that would be really helpful because maybe they just didn't even think to do that. So right. giving feedback like that makes a huge difference. That's how they're going to be able to improve. Mm -hmm. So Larry and Marianne, would would either of you like to comment on on? Did you identify as as? Uh, oh. As yes. blind in advance? Absolutely. And, uh, and how did that work? Because yeah. I talked about it with the travel agent. Now, remember, I, I didn't go by myself. I went with 10 people from church, and I had a lot of help, which was good, especially with the app, because I knew I was going to need it. But I talked a lot about this with the, with the travel agent, and I said, I'm perfectly willing to let everybody know that I'm totally blind. Shouldn't make any real difference. I'm very independent, but if I need help, at least they know that going in. And, and and I I agree I could not have been happier with the people on the ship who were 
involved in every aspect of whatever we were doing, whether it be those who were waiters or waitresses, support staff. They helped tremendously. I knew that I had the menus because I had them on my phone. But things change, obviously, from the, you know, from the phone version of the menu. And they were perfectly willing to go through. And if I said, I'm looking for such and such, I want to, oh, I wanted to eat escargot one night, which is snail. I've only done that on cruises before. It was, I enjoyed it tremendously. And he said, oh, yeah, we've got that. And uh, I even talked another friend of mine into eating it. He loved it. But other people who just happened to know what it was said, no, we're not going to do it. it cruises are, are meant to be adventuresome. And you try things yep. you don't necessarily try. But but these people were marvelous. Now, I can't say the same for the apps, whether it be online or uh, on the phone. Right. And I'm writing about ready to fill out the survey. And I will tell them nicely, but firmly that... that and, and I think they know this because most of the cruise lines have this issue. It's not just one, but it's just something for whatever reason that they don't and have not fixed. Mm-hmm. Very good. Miss Marianne? I, um, I will agree with um, the fact that um, every staff member that I ever um, encountered on a cruise ship from the waiters and um, information desk people to the salon people were absolutely amazing. Um, this, this last cruise we ran into a real odd problem, which was that the elevator was just a flat panel. Never mind Braille. Never mind. <laughs> never mind anything. It was just this flat panel. Um, so we had to um, wait for people to um, push the floor buttons. We we went with the, all all of us were blind. Um, there were four of us, and we were all none of us could use that elevator panel. So that was the only interesting thing. That was celebrity. Um, I have of, of the cruise lines that I've been on as a blind person with other blind people, I have found, um, Royal Caribbean to be wonderful, but, um, of overall experience, I really, really enjoyed Holland America. So, um, I'm hoping to do that as a blind person, you know, just to see, um, and I've looked at their, um, websites and, and actually even spoken with them and they have this actually have a form to fill out ahead of time. And it, um, gives you the opportunity to request, um, accessibility, um, accommodations. Right. So, um, so I like that. Um, I unfortunately found princess to be the place where I've, um, had the least, um, success with getting assistance, um, we'd walk into a place and we'd just kind of stand for a moment or two. And ultimately it was always a passenger that helped. Um, so, um, and, and Norwegian, I can't comment on because I didn't go, I went with, with a sighted person. So with a bunch of sighted people. So, um, that was, a, it was, I, I won't comment about their, um, accommodations. Plus it was 20, 22 years ago. Right. So yep. a long time. So, Brian, as the only person here who hasn't cruised, do you have some questions for Katie or for us? And I don't think Rick has cruised either. Yeah. Sorry, you don't think, sorry? Marianne? I don't think Rick has that cruised Rick either. Rick has. Rick, you, you've cruised, haven't you, Rick? I don't think he has. Nope, I don't think he's. He's doing its usual, trying to do three things at the same Somebody time. Somebody must be in his but hotel I don't think room. he has. Yep. It's multitasking. No, I don't think either he that or he's being thrown out of his apartment exactly 
by Mikey, by Mikey. Mr. Brian, tell me. So I have thousands of questions, but I'll try to limit it to. So step one is finding a cruise you want to go on. A mixed bag because the websites are vary quite a bit as to their accessibility. And sometimes you don't know what to ask. You don't know what you don't know uh, to ask. So I yep. found I'm finding that to be a bit challenging. And I'm not your average uh, computer user. So I know a lot of the workarounds when something isn't working. And they, there's still things that just don't make much sense. Um, then when I travel, I'm going to be traveling with at least two blind people who are guide dog users. And I'd like to hear more about accommodating guide dog users. Yeah, so let's let's pause and let Katie do that. Katie, do you have any information on that? Yes, absolutely, I do. So if you will be taking a guide dog on a cruise ship, you absolutely can. Service dogs are welcome. Um, there's just a few things to keep in mind. One, having proof of their rabies vaccines mm -hmm. is extremely important. You need to have that on you, on them at all times. Um, don't leave it in your cabin. You want to have it with you. I know a lot of people who cruise with guide dogs have like harnesses that they put on that have a little pocket so they can just slide the paper in there. And then the dog wears it all the time. Um, it shouldn't be any issue. You should only have to show it when you get onto the ship, but it's always a good idea to have it as a backup in case. Um, guide dogs, if you're bringing them, we have to know ahead of time. There is a special form that gets filled out that lets the special needs department know, and then they will reach out closer to sailing and get additional details. And they have a service dog acknowledgement form that they'll send that you have to fill out as well. That basically certifies that you know your dog cannot eat off of the table, your dog cannot swim in the pools, they can't be on the furniture, things like that. So you have to read that over and, and sign that piece of paper and send it back to them prior to sailing. Um, and then there are relief areas that are on the ship. Usually it's up on the Lido deck, um, which is typically like the pool deck. Um, and there is a relief area that they use. A lot of times it's AstroTurf that they will use with that um, for the guide dogs to be able to have that relief area. The other main guideline when cruising with a guide dog is keeping in mind that your service animal is not allowed to be alone in the cabin. There has to always be someone with it, whether it's you or a friend, someone always has to be with that service animal. They cannot be left alone in the stateroom. Now there's also, there's also um, a question of being certain that you understand what the regulations are for guide dogs in Each other country. countries that you're going right. to stop in, right? Yeah, that just depends on where you're going as to what those guidelines are. For a lot of them, as long as it is a registered service dog, so as long as you've got the proof of rabies, um, a lot of times you'll be able to get a letter that states this is a guide dog that went through these trainings, it's certified this date. Um, then it's not typically an issue, but there are a few countries where it is more particular than others. So, but that just depends on which country you're going to. Um, and I always provide information for my clients on this is the place where you're going. You're bringing a guide dog. Here are the entrance requirements for your service animal. 
And and um, the other thing is, um, aren't there two things? Um, first of all, there are some uh, other vaccine requirements depending on where you're going to. And um, the, the other thing that I would say to caution against or to caution about is these are not countries if, unless you're going to um, you know, U.S. territories that are that have ADAs. So you may be able to get off the ship with your guide dog, but um, you don't know whether establishments are going to be happy to have you. Right. That's something that I was always concerned about in terms of bringing a guide dog, like getting in cars, getting in cabs. Um, getting in um, into restaurants, all those kinds of things, you don't have the um, backup of saying, well, it's it, you can't have to let me in. It's discrimination if you don't. Is that correct, Katie? Yes, that is correct. Although it's not typically an issue when cruising, unless you are someone who goes out and explores the port and the port city without booking a tour through the cruise line, um, which there certainly are people who prefer to do that and kind of like to explore on their own. Um, If they are doing that, I do always like let them know ahead of time. You just a reminder, we're not in the U S there are not ADA laws. So just keep that in mind if you're taking your animal off the ship. Um, But otherwise, if you do book your excursions through the cruise line, first of all, that's always what I recommend because then the ship is not going to leave you. If your tour runs over, they have to wait for you. Um, I have been on a cruise before where we have seen people get left behind because they did not book a tour through the cruise line. Oh my God. Um, yeah. I w- like one of those moments where people were running down the, the dock trying to get to the cruise ship in time. Did it, did, they didn't make it. Um, <laughs> So, um, I'm back, by the way. I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> I'm glad you're back. Welcome back, Michael. A, a little shaken, but I'm back. <laughs> did you did you have to move, or did they go? I I, I did not. Um, I, I I am still in my original room, and and um, yeah, but I'm back. So I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just want to let you know I'm here. <laughs> so, um, did, have you? Have you noticed? Because you've probably cruised more than more than the rest of us. Have you noticed changes over the past few years in the degree to which um, cruise lines are are doing more in terms of accessibility? Uh, that would be a hard yes. Um, yeah. So I, I I believe I caught the tail end of you saying, and even on the last cruise, right? There happened to have been a Braille printer on board already. Um, so, and I think that from, from my perspective, um, I think it's, it definitely seems that they're doing a lot more and a lot better. And, and that is by way of more things are available on my phone and in their specific app. And I think that has to do with the fact that their internet has gotten so much better, but, um, they're they're much more diffused to a person that's going to need some type of accommodation um, and prepared to have a very quick conversation about it and find a quick resolution that is satisfactory as opposed to right you know absorbing the information pausing the conversation going and talking to somebody else i do feel that many of the frontline employees that we interact with are much more empowered to provide a necessary accommodation on the fly. Right. So Katie, we are, we, we are mostly, um, we are, are mostly Norwegian. 
So I, I'm going to say a couple of things, and then I, I'd like to get kind of some reinforcement from you as to whether other folks have the same. One of the things that's changed with Norwegian um, is there is a lot more information available on onboard or shipboard apps than there than there used to be. Um, I don't think they're completely accessible yet, and I don't know what your feeling on that is, Katie, or or yours, Mikey. But um, but they're certainly getting better. Um, three or four years ago, when when we tried using internet. Um, it didn't work very well. It was much, much more seamless um, the last time when when we uh, ended up using it. And and also it was easier, though still not easy, um, to get the daily schedule on, on the app. Um, again, I think there's some more work they could do to make that better. Um, do you have any thoughts on, on other um, on other places than Norwegian, Katie? Are, the, are, are they all trying to do the same kind of thing? Yeah, they are. Um, and it's gotten a lot better than it used to be. My first cruise was, I don't even know, maybe like eight years ago now. Um, and you didn't use the app for hardly anything on our first right. cruise. And now you can use the app for almost everything. Uh, no matter which line you're on, they really are leaning heavily on the app, which in one hand is really nice because it opens up a lot of accessibility, especially for my husband, where he can access that information easily. Um, but on the other hand, like you mentioned, they still have a long way to go in the accessibility of the whole app where there are functions on it that just don't work very well with a screen reader, but they're working on yep. it. And that feedback that you can give is what's going to make the difference. Like talking to them mm -hmm. about, what the problem is, making sure you're noting it on the survey that you will receive in your email after you cruise. Take the 10, 15 minutes to fill it out. I know that the survey feels really long while you're doing it, but giving them that honest feedback is how they're able to get better. Um, and you could talk about the app in that survey, absolutely, and talk about how. Yeah, and, and we, we, actually, we actually went to the internet person um, on the ship and yeah. had some pretty lengthy conversations with the guy who was in charge of that, trying to explain what some of the issues were. Mm -hmm. um, Mikey, are there, are there other things about accessibility that you want to add before we leave this topic alone? Um, well, I, I think, and, and this is obviously not going to be a shoe that fits everybody, but um, the, the biggest challenge that I have had, and, and and I will tell you based on conversations with completely sighted individuals using their free package minutes, is it's very challenging to remember to or to actually disconnect from your free package minutes. And and I know that on our on my last couple of cruises, right. I've just decided in order to stay communicated and in, in order to stay accessible. Um, I've, I've just opted to buy the complete inter the unlimited internet package, um, which worked well, which was, I would say has gone down in price as well over the years to now where it it's has. something that one can consider, you know, initially there was a time there when they started offering it, that it was equivalent to your, the price of your cruise. Um, so if, if, if it's doable for an individual, I, I would highly recommend it. 
simply because you just don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, Is is this Katie from Magical Cruises, Magical Kingdom Cruises? Magical Moments Vacation. Magical, I'm sorry. We met met at the last convention. Yeah. Um, Yeah. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing pretty well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm happy to see you participating here. I think you do do good by us. Um, I'm excited to share some space with you. So, yeah, that is one of the technology things I I have found. um, And also, Paul, I will tell you, things have become a little bit more easier with technology outside of the cruise. So my iPhone with built-in OCR allows me to snap a picture of the menu um, on the daily menu, right? Because we know they have the never-changing side on the side that changes. And if if I'm having some communication issues with the server or they they're they're swamped with with folks right um i can always just resort back to my simple camera and take a picture of that side of the menu and have my phone read me the menu so as the cruise line has come up leaps and bounds so has technology that's that's readily available to us in our pocket i think that's a really good point and and it's also um it's also probably worth saying that, and, and Katie, you can correct me again if I'm wrong, that I think virtually all of um, the cruise lines now have a couple of channels on the, the TV that's going to be in your cabin that has information on stuff that's on the ship. Um, yes, and And that means that, that if you'll take a little time in your cabin, you can actually get a fair amount of information about what's going on if you're prepared to peek at your at your TV. Ours even had a newspaper, and I'm sure most cruise lines do. And and it, that's what you're talking about, I think. Uh, not only news, yep. but we also had a, we had a cam on the bridge so people who were sighted could tell me exactly what they were seeing if we didn't happen to be on a balcony somewhere or uh, somewhere else where you couldn't see all of that stuff. And, nice. So on the TV, yeah. there was a camera. Yep. Nice. Yep. And I bought a Wi-Fi yep. package, and I will buy one the next time I cruise as well because it, even though it wasn't quite as fast as what I have here at home at least I could do some of the things if I needed to email and other things outside the ship if I needed to without worrying about cost or anything else uh, I also bought a because I had to renew my passport because the passport expired I also bought not only the physical passport but a card that in essence is a passport uh, I didn't have to worry about stamping anything because i really didn't care in this particular instance but the card fit in my wallet and i could take it out and show it to them and it was back in my wallet within about 10 seconds so it's an extra 30 bucks something like that but it's certainly worthwhile doing mikey Uh, because you're a low vision person cruising, and the rest of us are totals um were there any things dealing with accessibility from a low vision perspective things like lighted signage uh uh, alteration on the edge of stairways because you're not familiar. There's lots of stairs on the show. Um. Well, yes. Avoid things. Those kinds of low vision accessibility things. How did you find those? Yes, there is. Um, there, there are some definite challenges, especially for a confident low vision person. Um, I have learned my lesson to be a proud cane user, despite relying on my vision because they do a great job of cleaning those glass walls. 
Um, there you go. There's an example. <laughs> there is a there's a good example. They do a great job of cleaning those glass walls. I will tell you on the top deck where where Paul and I would oftentimes go to check the weather. Um, it is enclosed in a glass wall, so you you definitely had to be mindful of finding the end before making your left and going in there because it, I mean they are crystal clear. Um, I did have some challenges uh and i and i'm not i'm not completely opposed to some of the challenges because i think um i have been molded by many of my elders that if you're not visible and 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 let people know that you have some challenges you you kind of get lost in the shuffle so one of my biggest challenges and i'm extremely particular about my coffee being delivered to my room in the morning um but that but that requires a little paper door hanger to be filled out with my breakfast menu in the morning and i select my time and i select what i want um and our room steward was a very nice individual but he was an, an absolute ninja they're trained to be ninjas they're, they're trained to never be seen um, so when I needed to fill out my breakfast menu for the next day, I would make my nightly walk down to guest services with my little door hanger and ask them to help me fill it out. Uh, there was just no way for me to do it. Um, uh, and there is some lighting challenges, especially when you're going from one specific area of the ship to the other. So you could be leaving like the main atrium, which is usually very well lit and walking into an extremely dark corridor. So if, if you have some time, if you need extra time to adjust to light and dark and vice versa, you know, your cane is definitely going to keep you moving. Um, but other than that, other than, other than normal challenges that I would encounter in my daily activity, I didn't, I didn't find anything insurmountable. Um, and there were times when I, when I did go the old fashioned route and, and just ask for help. Um, I get, uh, I get quite a few little extra papers delivered into my room, and, and sometimes I would use my phone and read it. And if I needed to figure out which one was which, uh, for example, I, I I get two identical vouchers um, that entitle me to a dinner at one of the specialty restaurants, and. One of them is marked for certain restaurants and the other one is marked for other restaurants. Um, so I'll have to take those down or find somebody to help me identify them and I'll mark it one way or the other. I'll fold a corner or whatnot. Um, but, you know, for, for the most part, I think the challenges are unilateral. There, there's, there's not many that are specific to completely blind or low vision other than the fact that, you know, with, with low vision, you're going to have a little bit of a leg up, uh, you know, direction wise and, and measuring your ambiance and figure out where you're at. Um, I think, and I'm also I pretty the, good on getting my logistics on a cruise ship hey, relatively right. quick. Yeah. <laughs> I think hey, the guys, one other thing me. that I would add. Yep. Hold on. Somebody um, else is there. India. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> what, what's, no, go ahead, Katie. And I'll, I'll jump in after. Oh, it's me, no, no. India. Sorry. It's India. It's not Katie. How did? Oh, go ahead. Um, <laughs> sorry to interrupt. So, two questions: Are there, um, 
do you guys have any um websites that you can point me to to how to get a travel agent who's supportive with people with disabilities and have visual impairment and also the other question is are there um are there agencies that support people with disabilities for paying for their travel if they want to go on a cruise ship and is there support for the cruise ship too um, I don't know of any agencies that provide cruises. <clears throat> uh, anybody in, in the group know of any? No. Not at no. all. No. Um, but we're, we're going to give you Katie's information. Matter of fact, we might as well do it right now because Katie already has experience working with folks who are disabled already. Um, it, and it doesn't probably matter where you are in the country as far as Katie is concerned. So Katie, why don't you tell people how they can get hold of you if they want to? Yeah, uh, so I am located in Indiana. Like I said, it does not matter where in the United States you live, I can work with you, that's no problem. <laughs> and I do specialize in accessible travel. So my phone number is 317-694-4023. And then my email is just my name, it's Katie. K-A-T-I-E dot white, spelled just like the color, at M-M-V, so Magical Moments Vacations, M-M-V agent dot com. And Katie, can I back channel you my phone number and you can send me your contacts? I'm not fast with typing. <laughs> yeah, that's totally okay. we, we um, can't. I think... Cindy does not like for people to give their phone number out, okay. just so I you know. I can't do that on this call, but maybe um, after work. If, if you stay, we could do it after the show ends. Okay. Maybe, because it's not going to be streamed. I don't know. I don't know if we can do that either. Okay. That's just a thought. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, I've got other questions. Can I throw in some? Go ahead, we Brian. have a long line of hands held up. How many do we? Um, how many hands do we have, Miss Marianne? We have about um, four or five. I got to get back to that side. Be right there. Hold on. Very good. Gotcha. So go ahead, Brian. So um, <clears throat> when taking one of these trips and getting off ship uh, and to these tours, you mentioned the two types: those that are handled by the by the cruise line, and those that you can go through some third party company and and set up and i see the value of not doing a uh, dock dash at the end of things <laughs> um, how much of what goes on at stops is in the port area versus the location itself all of these sound like the it's... the companies own not only the ship but to a large extent they have financial interest in the port area which is pretty extensive who are you asking, Brian? I don't care. I don't care. Okay. Which well, one do you I, do? I'll jump in from a passenger perspective. Um, I, I would crumble if I was left behind. Um, first of all, I normally don't leave with much on the cruise ship. Um, a, a mitigated wallet, i.e., ID, credit card, some cash. 
usually don't even get off with my passport, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, I have seen people get left behind. I have seen people encumber the expense of getting from one port and deciding that they're going to catch up with the ship at the next port. There is a significant amount of peace of mind that comes with knowing that you have booked your tour through that. Um, there, it is not, it is not for first time cruisers to wing it on the port, uh, for sure. You have to exactly know what you're doing. You if, if you're in a different country with a different language, you should be able to communicate in that language. You have to have a plan A, plan B, and probably a plan C. Um, if so, ports in and of themselves are designed to take your money. I don't, you know, I, I have seen very few ports that don't have some type of tourist um, kitschy stores, all, you know, hair braiding, shot glasses, keychains, T-shirts, local fare, all kinds of things. If, if you were a person that wanted to venture out, some ports have much more infrastructure than others. Uh, primarily ports that you actually dock at. If you're at a tender port, it can be a little bit iffy. You may so, just be getting off on a dock. Um, so stop for a second. Let's yes. let's talk about the difference. Um, a port where 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 you dock is one where where your ship actually ties up at the dock, and you essentially are walking directly from the ship uh, in into a port area. Or, or onto a dock. Um, a, a tender port is, and go ahead and describe that, Mr. Bro, uh, Mr. Mike. A, a tender port is where the infrastructure does not allow for the actual ship that you're on to come up into a physical port. And they use smaller boats that kind of shimmy up to the side of the ship. And they have gangways and ramps. And it's it's very secure, um, and you you are put onto a smaller boat, and then you are taken to towards your port, uh, which is a fun experience in and of itself. Some people avoid it. They are accessible. Um, they absolutely are accessible. Uh, even yes, they they're are. a little bit more challenging, but they are accessible. Yeah, they're fine. Um, and oftentimes, what you will find, Brian, at the ports, and this is where. Most people who have cruised and are very comfortable and know what they're doing will jump off. And there's always side tours, uh, people that are ready to take you somewhere for a nominal fee, guaranteed to bring you back. Um, you know, they have all the lingo. And and I've done it. I've done it. Uh, I did it in the Dutch Caribbean quite a bit because uh, my tours were very short. Um and there, you know, there's everything from golf carts that you could drive or take a different type of tour. Um, but there, there is an infrastructure in most ports, and even at the tender ports, you know, they know the ships are coming in. Yeah, most places are prepared to have, you know, a thousand, two thousand, three thousand people that are on vacation come in. So everybody wants to capitalize on that. Um, some ports are a little further out. So when most recently, when Paul and I were in Bermuda, we were at a definite dock. We were definitely in a port, 
Um, however, it was I would I would qualify it as a more industrial port. Um, there was not as much infrastructure right, right there. Now, if you go to the Bahamas, um, they've done a beautiful right. job of redesigning their port and building their straw market there and you could literally just jump off the ship with no plans and walk around and you're on a main street you know in two minutes um, yeah most of most yeah. of the ports are private are, are are private and industrial they're not and uh, sorry are, are are actually operated by by governments in general because they almost always have to have custom stuff there as well as um as as well as passport clearance even though they they often won't require you to do anything at the passport place it has to be there um so uh, i i really the your, your question is more is there is there generally are there generally things to do near where you get off the ship and and the answer to that is almost always yes and also the question is so i get off at a port at island a I'm there. I see the okay. kitchen shops. I see some places to get a drink, some places to get some food. I get back on the ship. We go to Island B and we get off and we're once again in a port that's designed to, as Mikey put it, take my money in some fashion. How easy is it to get past the port experience and into the I'm in a different country experience? Yeah. Mm -hmm. There are uh, that is that's a challenge in some places. Um, I'll I'll go back to the Bahamas. Um, they they have gotten very smart in the fact that most of the streets that you would have quick access to are very safe. First of all, because they know what side their bread is buttered on, um, and they definitely don't want anything to happen to the tourists. Um, so if you're looking for more authentic away from the port experiences it, it first of all it depends on the port i don't want to speak too generally but you would probably need some type of excursion um to get into a town or to experience something a little bit more authentic um i have i have I have never walked off a ship and been like, wow, this is, you know, so authentic. Um, on the contrary, I've usually been like, well, they did a really nice job of making it look authentic, but I'm pretty sure that this town has never had like a 300 foot by 600 foot chlorinated pool with a zero entry and cabanas and beach chairs around it with a bar <laughs> playing American music. <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. Real quick, Mikey. Yeah, go ahead. So I was just going to say, Brian, I think um, this might help answer your question too. When you were talking about the cruise lines being like financially invested um, in not only the ports, but the tours as well. Um, they, if you do your excursions through the cruise line, the cruise line is not the one actually running the excursions. They contract with a third party, which is a local, it'll be a local tour guide or tour company, just kind of depending on what you're doing, uh, they have contracted with so that, you know, it's a reputable tour. 
Um, and it is with locals. So a lot of times if you do excursions, you're going to get a lot more of that authentic feel, which I know sounds really counterintuitive. You would think getting something through the cruise line is going to feel a lot less authentic than just getting off the ship and exploring. Um, but at least in my experience, I have always found that doing the excursion gives you that more authentic feel because they're going to take you away from that touristy section. You're going to get a chance to talk to the local guides and to get to know some local people and things like that. Absolutely. And they even try to, I mean, they, they try to give you that authentic experience. A lot of them. Oh, yes. oh You can't do that unless you go to on, on excur- excursions and we did right. it several times and, and it's absolutely true. Yeah. Yep. All right, Miss Marianne, I guess we can, we can, we can try seeing if there are some questions for, we have lots um, for Miss Katie. We yep. have Janet. Hey, Janet. You may unmute. She's had her hand up for a while, so perhaps she stepped away. We'll come back to you, Janet. Annie, you may unmute. Hello. There you are. So I am going to be attending the Celebrity Cruise in April. This is the very, very first time that I've ever been on a cruise. I'm very excited because I've always wanted to. Now, I... As far as I know, I'm going to be the only blind person present. There will be a group of audiobook narrators and my aunt will be with me. However, I am determined not to let that deter any um, friends or employees to not do their job because I feel like anytime that a lot of times when we bring sighted folk with us, doesn't it seem that the you know, the people there just kind of forget about who you are and they or they just tend to slack off and not do their job? Um, so my question is, because I'm going to be going on the celebrity cruise ship, what is like what would be the top three like biggest piece of advice pieces of advice that you would have as far as like how I can best prepare, how much advance notice I need to give people for accommodations, even like who to talk to uh, regarding accommodations. I mean, there has been a coordinator, like there has been a travel agent that's been setting this stuff up. However, because he's likely not experienced being around a blind person, he doesn't know what questions to ask. However, you know, once they, you know, they get to know me, you know, I, I'll be the one with the questions. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you right off the bat, my first question to you is, you're working with a travel agent? Well, yeah. Or the cruise line directly? Well, no, he's actually um, in the audiobook industry, but also has experience with travel agency as well. Okay. Celebrity does have a disability services. Yes, they all do. They all do. And Mm -hmm. you need to make sure that you are already, if your cruise is booked... You should be in contact. So I, I can, I, so celebrity is great. First of all, um, I'm curious to know what ship and when you're cruising on, cause I'm scheduled on a celebrity next year as well. Um, they, they, they know what they're doing. Um, but if you, if you have specific needs, you need to assume that responsibility with the cruise line and their, whatever they call it. So in mm-hmm. on Norwegian, they call it the access desk. Um, communication is sporadic. It's usually done by email. Um, and they should then, <clears throat> prior to you embarking, 
Um, and this is usually just within a couple of days because that's when they know who's firmly on the ship. They will let you know who your point person is on the ship for any type of accommodations that you may have requested or negotiated. Which um, ship is it, Annie? Well, it's the celebrity. Um, I know. Well, I you know which ship. Go ahead, Katie. Um, well, the only thing I can say is that it's going to be April 6th to the 11th. It'll be starting out in Miami, Florida, going to the Bahamas, going to Casa Mel, Mexico. Well, the, the Edge is the one that we went on last, the Celebrity Edge. And the only thing I'd warn you against is about, rather, is the elevator panel. Have you filled out your um, special needs form yet, Annie? I was not aware that there was one. So this is all new to me. Yeah, so any cruise line is going to have a special needs form that you will want to fill out. So you'll want to visit their website. If you have a travel agent you're working with, absolutely contact them and just let them know, like, hey, I've got some accessibility needs. I need your help with this. Um, but you can also visit the celebrity website and go to the special needs tab. Um, you can also search special needs and it should bring up the form that you need to fill out and it'll ask for your name, your booking number, what ship you're going on, your sale date, all of that information. And then it will ask you in-depth questions about what it is mm -hmm. that you need. And it'll ask you all sorts of questions. Like it'll even ask you what kind of battery is going to be on your uh, electric wheelchair. If you're not bringing an electric wheelchair, you'll just skip those questions, but you have to fill out the whole form. Um, that way they've get it, got it submitted and they can get it on file so that they know how to help you on your cruise. That is absolutely 100% correct. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Sooner and I think the other, the other thing that I would add <clears throat> is if you have done it right, um, once you once you get to the place where the ship is going to embark, um, you will often have somebody who's assigned to you by the cruise line right from the time you get there and will help you board the ship. Yes. And they try to and keep that same crew member consistent, like you mentioned earlier, Paul, um, so that you actually get a chance to build a relationship with that crew member and they get to know yes. and kind of know what they can best do to help you because if they're constantly switch switching up the crew members it makes it really hard because you have to kind of explain it every time what you need so they do try really hard to keep the same crew member assigned to the same guest so Excellent. i should request like the same crew member they automatically no they'll they'll do that for you i don't i don't think i'd want to request it anyway because if you were going to request the same one it might turn out that he's not as good as somebody else might be so yeah. What she's saying um, is on the ship, once you meet your person, there's nothing wrong with asking, how do I contact you if I need something? They'll usually give you an extension number. Correct. And they're readily available. Um, and, and you can even let them know, hey, I'm going to the show tonight. Um, you know, uh, is there any place I should sit that's better? There's a lot of things that, that should happen organically. But you, you definitely have to assume your own responsibility as far as right. letting, allowing the cruise ship the opportunity to best help you and the way to do that is by identifying yourself ahead of time filling out the necessary paperwork um for your for whatever needs you may have or your challenges and and it's always a good thing as well to contact the guest services section which every which every line has on on every ship and there there's usually a desk on a particular deck but they're the people who will arrange for dinner reservations in special places 
who can handle things like um, excursions and trying to arrange those and also any any little problems that you're running across. So it's always a good idea, I think, on your first day to pick up your phone, call guest services and say, hey, I am just letting you know that that I am blind uh, and I'm on the ship. My name's my name's Paul and don't have any major requests now, but um, just just know that I that I may be calling you back. I went to see them because I had some questions about credits and something to do with excursions. And I had, I didn't know, I couldn't figure out something that was on the form. And I said, I'm sorry, but I need to actually ask you these questions because I don't understand how this form is filled out. And they went through all of it with me, explained it all. And they said, look, if you have any other problems, here's the extension. Call me. We'll go through it. Which is excellent because they were proactive and they wanted to make sure I understood yep. everything. Yep. Katie, anything to add before we take our next question? Um, I I don't think so. Uh, Miss Marianne. You. Yep. We have Janet. Um, I, try Janet there again. you are. She's with us. I, I wanna say, as a travel agent since nineteen seventy-eight, I have to commend you, Katie. Uh, for doing your two passions. I'm so impressed that you've taken on this responsibility because it's outstanding to travel with someone who is doing special services for people as individuals like you're doing. I would recommend you to anyone. Thank you. Thank you. So I, much. I, 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 I myself, um, I did special services. I did all the shore excursions for my groups. My groups were, I've done maybe 50 cruises and they were all sighted people. My whole bus groups were sighted people. So I had the kind of reversal thing. I'm the blind person taking the sighted people around. <laughs> and it's it's led to many, many funny situations. Uh, I mean, I've, uh, I've wound up after the tour of the the bridge and said goodbye to all my clients and they left. I proceeded to go to my room by myself and wound up in the captain's room and I was <laughs> serving drinks. And I asked him, could I get a drink? And he said, sure, what would you like? And then when he, he brought me a drink, I said, where's, where's everyone else sitting? And he said, um, not here. This is my cabin. <laughs> and when I found out it was the cabin, I was more, the captain, I was mortified, but, in any case, he sent me an invitation to dinner that night at his table, so that was really nice. But, oh, nice! <laughs> but I, I really think what you're doing is outstanding because my job was basically handling all the problems. When someone wanted to do use an extra bathroom in Cyprus, I said, "You must get on the ship on time, or the ship will not wait for you. Please get on the ship with us." But they decided they were going to go to the bathroom anyway. And of course the ship left for Greece without them. Oh no. And yeah. they had, they had, that was a really bad problem because it was another country. Yeah. So yeah. they had to leave Cyprus, fly to Athens, get a temporary passport because where did they leave their passport on the ship? And so oh, dear. it cost them over a thousand dollars to go to the bathroom. So, you know, that was oh. my job was handling all those problems for people. <laughs> but I would say Ms. what Paul said, yep. Paul said about the television. This is what I would say. Sighted people think that everybody reads Braille. They think if you're blind, you all read Braille. Yep. Well, they don't know that. That sighted people don't, that blind people don't all read Braille. And so 
I always felt that they should have something audio. This is a modern time period. Right. They have things on audio. And what Paul said is if it was on a station just for not just for blind people, for people who don't read well, for people who English is not their first language, that could help blind, low vision, and many other people to have a station on the television with audio. What do you want to listen to? Do you want to listen to the the deck plans? Do you want to listen to the excursions? For me, I had to fight to get excursions ahead of time saying, because mm-hmm. I'm taking the group, I had to know the excursions, the prices of them. Mm-hmm. And I would have people read them on my Victor Reader notes or a pen friend. And I would put dots on certain pages so that mm-hmm. I could lead the group properly and know all the options if they did not want to do the excursions with my bus group. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's challenging, but Excellent. I can you, Katie, I think everyone should travel with you because having someone that does <laughs> services is really important. Thank, Thank you, you Miss Janet. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Yep, excellent. We have Jeanette. Uh, Jeanette. Hi, Katie. Good to speak with you again. Hi. <laughs> we will be speaking more, as you oh, well yeah. know. Um, but I do have a question for you and a comment for Brian. Brian, we did my first cruise this summer, and one day we shopped, and there were three blind people, one with a dog, two with canes, and one very high partial. And I will say uh, the cruise line I was on uh, is not as educated about people with disabilities and how to help us. Um, But there were some people who really did all the right things, and we made it work. Um, When we got off the ship, people were willing to help us to the bus tour, and we were able to get off just like everybody else on the excursion. We had a great time. Uh, The only bugaboo for us was we went shopping with my friends, and the store decided our credit card machine is broken, so you have to pay in cash. Um, there's a part of my brain that says I think that was on purpose because we didn't get the best exchange rate that we should have gotten, but it was all right. Anyway, my question for Katie is this. You Now, I know about the stuff that you do do, so that's not really my question. Have you, in your experience of doing cruises now, you know, you do the the mapping for people and give them a, the ship layout. Um, have you found that some of your totally totally blind clients are able to get to some ve- venues relatively independently? Yes. Um, usually the first two days are really tough. Um, they're tough for everybody, but especially when you are traveling completely blind, it's a little extra disconcerting being on the ship Um, And especially when, you know, ships are set up so that all the hallways kind of look similar and are structured similar. So it's hard to kind of remember which side is port, which side is starboard. But once you get the lay of the land and um, especially once you have found where you like to spend your time on the ship, because you will find places that you're like, this is my hangout spot. I like to be here. Uh, Once you find those places 
you are able to be a lot more independent because you get used to where they at, are at on the ship and how you can get there from your room. Um, the first few times it, it might be a little tricky or you might need to call guest services and ask for assistance getting to this place. But once you really kind of get your sea legs on and you understand the the ship, it it's not typically any any issue because you ships are big. I'm not I'm not gonna try to ice that over. They're not tiny little spaces. They're not a hotel room. Ships are, are huge. They're like floating cities. But they, they are a lot smaller than a real city. So it, it does take a couple of days to really learn where everything is. But I, I have found with my clients that once you know where things are, and especially if you're willing to ask for help, it's no issue at all learning where those places are and being able to get there on your own. And Brian, do you have any rec? Do you have any recommendations in terms of in in terms of where people should get their cabins on the ships? That really depends person to person. A lot of people really like midship because you can't feel the ship moving quite as much. Um, right. And a lot of people like higher decks as well because, especially if you're on a balcony, you get more airflow and you tend to be closer to the things that you like to do. But it really depends yep. person to person. I. I personally really like staying lower on the ship. I like it when it's really nice and quiet and it feels more secluded. So the lower on the ship I am, the happier I am. But it really mm -hmm. just depends person to person. Um, I have a client who only ever wants to sail in aft balconies because they want to have those big open balconies. And that's the only place they like to sail. So it really just really depends. I would say most of my clients like midship and they like a little higher up. Very good. And you, you, Danette, you were saying something else? Yeah, I, I was going to say that um, not, I, I, I've seen those elevators that you cannot operate. And I think we need to really encourage uh, cruise companies to not use them um, and, and to go back to more accessible elevators because Marianne is not kidding. Those those flat panel elevators, you literally have to keep pushing on touchscreen to indicate how many passengers are in your party or the elevator will either be too full for you to get in or it will pass you by. And then you got to start all over again. So, um, but I was glad I went. And even though I went with a company that was not as cruise disability friendly um as some of the ones you've talked about um we found ways to have a great time and yep which which company did you cruise on carnival yep and and, and they have a bunch to learn but then there were some yeah. great people who did all the right things so you know it worked out excellent thank you very much for your call Miss Marianne. Um, we'll do Deanna and then um, Jane, you can let me know if anybody's in Clubhouse. So, um, Deanna. Here I am. Mm -hmm. There you are. Yes. Um, I was curious about um, a recommendation for a cruise line that is set up for someone in a wheelchair. My husband is in a wheelchair. We haven't cruised since our 21st wedding um, anniversary. 
um, and we went on Holland America's um, modern sail ship um, on an Eastern Caribbean loop. So um, a couple of places we took a Zodiac boat, you know, to the beach and other places we were at a dock. We went to Martinique and um, uh, St. Saint Lucia and a couple yep. of bigger places. And we did travel with my 95-pound black Labrador guide dog. And they were wonderful from the beginning to the end. It was a smaller ship because it was a modern sail ship. And I think it had an, a limit of 100 passengers. And they were um, this the, uh, <laughs> the, the chief purser even went got excited and went and bought dog food. Of course, I brought my own, but <laughs> he was so excited about having a guide dog on it. And they said they could they could um, designate an area on the poop deck for the dog to poop. And I said, well, we picked this cruise because it says we will have seven different stops. And each night um, we will sail to a, a new sh uh, place and arrive mm -hmm. in the morning. So I think my dog will be just fine as long as we can always run him on the last boat, picking up passengers in the evening and the first boat going ashore in the morning. Nice. Um, we can do it. And they were they were wonderful with him, including keeping him when we went on one of the excursions to ride um, horses through the jungle, I think on St. Lucia and then onto the beach. And that was a rather humorous uh, excursion because um, I said I needed a gentle horse. And my husband said, oh, he was experienced. They gave him an old plug that wouldn't keep up at the back. And they gave me a <laughs> beautiful little Arab gelding who wanted to lead the parade. So he kept cutting, cutting through the jungle to pass the other horses. And... Uh, <laughs> Um, when we got to the beach, he wanted to go for a swim. So, <laughs> <laughs> so every Sounds time I to me, yeah, every time my <laughs> stirrup would hit the water, I would turn his head back to the beach. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so we we survived it, and it was great fun. The um, the guides were um, singing uh, reggae songs as we rode through the jungle. <laughs> it was lovely. Nice. So nice. I had so, a great time, Katie. What about wheelchairs? Any of the cruise lines are going to be able to work with wheelchairs. Your key, absolute key when you are sailing with a wheelchair is book early. I mean, that's okay. always what you want to do because that's where you're going to get the best pricing. But mm -hmm. especially if you need an accessible cabin, mm -hmm. you need to book as early as you can because they only have a limited number of those. And if you're with in a wheelchair, you absolutely 1000% need that accessible cabin. The doorway yeah, that's what I was thinking of because yeah. our rest our bathroom was very tiny and and so is our mm -hmm. cabin. And in fact when we the one time we left him aboard he got overheated being a big black lab and he was asleep under the bed. And um, we decided to leave him there and just run back to the market to pick up some fresh spices or something. And so the steward came to change towels, didn't realize the dog was there, had the door open. My dog took off and ran around the ship with the steward, uh, the, 
<laughs> Stuart chasing him, <laughs> and they ended up catching him eventually and keeping him with the purser. And that's why they asked us if we wanted to do anything else without the dog. Could they? Could we please put him with the purser? And they had great fun when they kept him for the the horse back ride excursion because they put a hat on his head because a, a crew hat because every time um, someone would come to exchange currency at the window he would stand up and put his paws on the desk and look at them to see if it was me yet and so they kept introducing <laughs> him as a trainee <laughs> trainee <Excellent>. crew member <laughs> excellent any other questions about wheelchairs miss Gianna? No, that was just my concern because my husband right now does not choose to even fly because it's so awkward and, and uncomfortable um, yes, for him to be trapped that, in his seat. I bet. Yes. But the main thing you want to do with a wheelchair is make sure you're getting an accessible cabin. So you want to book early because they don't have a huge amount of those. It is a very limited amount of accessible cabins. Okay. But the but the good news is that the accessible cabins are are the same price as other yes. cabins in that class. Yeah, they so are. You don't have um, to pay extra. Well, you do not, and they are about double the size. Um, yeah, I would think so. Double the size. <laughs> yeah, roll-in showers, um, grab bars. There's usually seats in the shower as well. You can get raised toilet seat, all those sorts of things they have in the accessible cabins. There's also a complete list of accessible excursions. Mm -hmm. Um, so you're you're actively able to participate and be included, and and I haven't cruised on like a windjammer or anything like that. So when it comes to accessibility throughout the ship, um, in the theaters, there's designated uh, spaces for the wheelchairs um, and a seat for you as well. Um, there are pool lifts. So they, they do a good job um, of, of making sure that whatever is available on the ship is accessible. Um, now, you may have to go to the other side of the pool to get on the, the, the chair lift. I'm not sure what the correct name of it is. But, you know, there, there is those opportunities and they, they do have them available for the pools, hot tubs and and theaters and stuff like that okay that's wonderful to hear because as i said he used to love to travel and with his condition um he gets getting weaker all the time so i think that there'll come a time when we honestly can't leave the house <laughs> you know um i'll i'll share with you from a personal perspective so i'm in i'm in my mid-40s and, and you know relatively active um I have found that there are specific cruise lines, and I'm I'm going to go ahead and use the celebrity cruise line. Mm -hmm. They're kind of built for. Um, I will. So the first time I cruised celebrity, I was much younger, and I, I made some flipping comments about it. I used to call it the Cocoon Cruise Line, um, like the movie <laughs> Cocoon. Yeah. So uh, they even had a. Uh, so if you didn't need a chair lift to get into the pool, but you were mobility challenged or moved a little slower or maybe had some dexterity issues, they had an elevated, how would I explain this? Um, 
So you could kind of just sit on the side of the pool and kind of scoot back. And once you got off the tiled ledge, they had like roller bars, like the kind where you put your luggage on when you're going to go through TSA before it gets to the conveyor belt. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, and you and for individuals of a certain generation or with certain challenges, we just kind of flop onto this and scoot on that and just bloop, roll right into the pool. And that's how they would get in and out of the pool. So they, they do have um, certain cruise lines are kind of geared towards you know certain demographics and i I found celebrities personally um really understanding of 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 a slower pace individual of individuals that may need some challenges or stuff like that sure that would be lovely i think for him because he loves to travel or, or always did but you know this last five years of being in a wheelchair really uh really changed his personality because he gotcha. doesn't go anywhere anymore except well, things. I've never been on a cruise line where there haven't been individuals in a wheelchair. Well, I've never been goodness. on a cruise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me just give you that reassurance. Sure. Now there are Thank there you. are a lot of there are a lot of people on scooters and as blind people you gotta watch out for them because oh, yeah. they, they aren't looking out for you. <laughs> no, I I worked in an independent living space center where people drove uh, motorized wheelchairs the big ones at 12 yep. miles an hour in the building oh my god <laughs> yep <laughs> miss miss katie anything you want to add before we move to the next i don't think so thanks for your question yep. thank you um go we, ahead we have Jeannie. hello can you hear me Yep. Yes. All right. Wonderful. Okay. Um, So several years ago, I went on my first cruise. It was on Carnival Legend. And for those who are wondering about um, getting around the ship, first of all, um, there was someone who went to an ACB convention years ago and since then has been doing, I think, two or three cruises a year, specifically for those of us who are blind or visually impaired. And um, I went on two cruises, uh, yeah, I think two cruises, yeah, with him. Um, And it was great. And when she was still living, his wife would help too. But they they would do like you, Katie, and take care of a lot of the things ahead of time. And so before we ever went on the ship, I was able to put in Braille what was on each deck and all that kind of thing. So that was kind of fun. I I drove people crazy, though, because I was so excited about my first cruise and trying to get all the information and such. Um, And Deanna touched on one thing I was going to mention, which is if you have a guide dog, even though you may be able to take it into whatever country it is, there are certain excursions where they absolutely say you can't bring your guide dog on that particular excursion, for example, if wild animals are involved, or I think it was a rainforest excursion. And then there was one excursion that I really wanted to do in another country. I think it was a tubing excursion. And the main requirement that they listed in the description was you had to be at least eight years of age. But because I was blind, they wouldn't let me do that excursion. They said, no, we we won't take you on this. And, And of course, 
over there, whatever country it was, I don't remember now because mm-hmm. this was in 2005, um, they didn't have the ADA. And so I didn't, wasn't really able to um, argue about it. You know, right. I really wanted to go, but it didn't matter how badly I wanted to go. Um, but cruising is great fun. And <clears throat> we did learn the layout of the ship the first day and you learn things for example um we learned very quickly that if we wanted to go from third floor or fourth floor one of the upper floors to first floor um that we would go down at the other end of the ship because if we went down at the one end, then we had to walk through the casino to get to certain places that we wanted to go. And the casino was very noisy. And even if you had good mobility, because it was so noisy, it was easy to kind of lose your sense of direction. So you learn little things like that. And on our first cruise, we had they had a talent show one night And all of us who were on the talent show, it turned out, were from our group, except for one person, and he wasn't blind. So we told him for that cruise and for that talent show, we would make him an honorary blind person. Anyway, Hmm. That's excellent. I hope one of you won. Um, I don't think they actually judged the the talent show or whatever. Well, that's no fun. We were all very well received. So, yeah. Yep. Thank you very much for your, for uh-huh. your information. Different strokes for different yeah. folks, Paul. Yeah, uh, you know, exactly. We, we, I always look for a way that I have to cut through the casino to get to where <laughs> I'm going, don't I? <laughs> yeah, well, you always you always look for a way where you can stop in the casino and, and play a little while. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. <laughs> we have Sheila. Hi guys. Hi. Oh, sounds like a familiar voice. Hi. Um, Katie, I have a couple questions for you. Uh, Of course, I've heard this entire call, which has been very interesting and very educational because I am dying to go on another cruise. Um, you said in the beginning that people with guide dogs could not leave them in their um rooms cabins yep by themselves yep right so how do and i'm not a guide dog user i'm just asking for those that are guide dog users my other question is you also said that you are working on cruises that you will be on where do you go out of and secondly you haven't given an idea of prices because i believe our affiliate is looking at possibly doing an affiliate cruise uh, and i'm so excited <laughs> about that <laughs> i'm so excited about that so uh, all right those are my questions katie and thank you yeah so my group cruises i've got one going to alaska in september of 2024 and one going to the Caribbean in April of 2025. So those are both guided group cruises that uh, I have set up. So I will be on both of those ships with my clients. And like I mentioned, we'll be doing several things together. We'll do ship orientation tours. We can have meals together. If people are interested, we'll do sighted shore excursions. We'll go to shows together, all of that sort of thing. Um, My pricing is group pricing. So I have it like locked in at these low rates and I monitor the pricing and if the rates go down, I 
get you those savings. I actually was just able to save some of my clients on my Alaska sailing $500 a room just this week um, because the prices went down from when I originally had booked the group space and a new promotion was available. So I applied that for them. Um, the actual pricing on cruises just really varies cruise to cruise and line to line. Um, Carnival is known to be more budget friendly. And then if you are talking like Disney Cruise Line, they're kind of on the upper end of the um, cost for their cruises. So the actual cost of any cruise really depends on what sailing it is and when you book. The further out you book, the better your pricing is. That's pretty much how it always goes. A really good example of that is we have a cruise coming up that my family is going on in May of 2024. I booked it back in October of 2022. So it's been almost a year now that I had it booked. And I quoted the exact same cruise. Like I'm talking, they would have been on the same, the same ship at the same time as us, the exact same cruise. They wanted the same room type and it had tripled in cost. Um, and it was wild. So booking early is always the way to get uh, the best rates on cruises for sure. And it scares the heck out of me to think that cruises or businesses or whatever have flat screen elevator panels. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that just scares me to death because you can't Possibly, if I were to get on an elevator and not know it was a flat screen, I wouldn't know what to do. We we asked people to, we, we only one time didn't have anybody standing around who we couldn't get to push the elevator buttons. And, and, and I know that's no solution, mm -hmm. but um, it was the only one we had. And only once throughout the seven days was there no one around um, to push the buttons but that's the that's an exception isn't it katie because no, i don't think so we didn't have that problem the, at all the newer ships i yeah, think it, are it really depends on the the ship that you're on um a lot of the brand new ones do have mm -hmm. the touchscreen panels but i also think that giving the feedback of those touchscreen panels is really important because mm -hmm. that's not something that's permanent you know they can change that but they have to know that it's not working Mm -hmm. them to be able to change it. So I know it probably sounds like I've been harping on feedback a lot, but it is so important. And if you don't make your voice heard, then they're not going to know what they can do to fix it and make it better. Well, this has but been think, a great call. Thank you. Yeah. I think the other thing we should say that that kind of speaks to Sheila and, and, to, and, and to a bunch of other people is a lot of the, the cruise lines, um, don't register as American companies. Right. They're registered in the Bahamas or they're registered um, in other countries, right. but not not uh, only partly in the United States. So the ADA, for example, doesn't apply uh, across the board for cruise ships, even though we believe that it ought to. There have been some changes that have been made um, in Washington, D.C., so that a lot of uh, regulations and have actually been developed with regard to cruise ships, which have been developed for cruise ships that operate within the country, that is, who do river cruises and a variety of other things. And there are some pretty clear um, accessibility requirements that operate for a lot of those spots. 
And those are, in fact, the accessibility guidelines that the cruise lines have actually used um, in order to implement um, what, they, what they've done on, on their trips. And I think it's also fair to say that the only people who are really used to advanced accessibility um, applications are folks in the U.S. and perhaps some in Canada. Because the truth is that there is nowhere else in the world that that accessibility is nearly as widespread as it is in this country. Right. Um, and so it's important that people understand that you're not going to have the same kind of accessibility when you get off and do shore excursions in Belize or in Guatemala. It's just not going to be the same. I uh, got a two questions I'm going to throw out here. Yep. One is, does anybody have experience with Virgin Voyages as a ship line? So I have never traveled on Virgin Voyages, but I have done multiple trainings on Virgin Voyages. And any, any thoughts any about them? Any discussion about accessibility? So they, I have heard that they are wonderful. Um, and I know that a lot of people really like them because they're adult only. So there's no kiddos running around the ship. Um, but they, I have heard that they are really strong in their accessibility area and they are fairly, I don't know if new is the right word, but they're a younger cruise line than like carnival is. Um, so they still have some room for improvement, but they do still offer things like accessible staterooms um, and having crew members that are able to help you out around the ship and those sorts of things. So uh, that's the one I'm hoping to do. I guess because it's adult, but also mm -hmm. because of the nature of the activities on board appeal more to me yeah. than water slides mm -hmm. and go-karts and whatever. Um, yeah. The other question is very simplistic. You always hear about um, the size of the ships and the number of people aboard, and the newer ships are the bigger ships, uh, tend to be anyway. Uh, one of the things I liked about uh, Virgin is that their ships have a top capacity of 2,400 paying passengers. Mm -hmm. as opposed to some of the bigger ships, which are 5,000 plus uh, kind of thing. How does one, uh, when you're looking at all this common area for sitting and lounging and whatever, how does one as a blind person have any prayer of finding an open lounger slash whatever? Uh, people put towels down to claim them or their personal things down. Uh, Curious whether anybody has an answer to that one. Well, <laughs> um, veteran cruisers have their tricks and their places where they know they're going to go. Um, you can, I, and I always laugh because you can, you can tell the veteran cruisers because they have towel clips on their lounge chairs, and towel clips are, um, a man. I'm trying to figure out a. Almost like a you, like a chip like clip. Chip clips. Yep, they're like, like chip clips. Yeah. Like yeah. a chip clip, but it's designed to go on the top of the chair to it's, hold your towel up so it's that thicker. when you're up, the wind doesn't take it. Right. 
and that that is a veteran cruiser tip. And yes, some some areas you you want to go and you know put your towel down in the morning, especially if you want to sit in a particular area. Wow. The the larger ships with a lot of people are also larger ships, Brian. They are mammoths. Um, and and I will tell you, I don't have a preference for those larger ships because they're harder to navigate as well. Um, what I will give you <clears throat> this uh, this information is they peaked out a couple of years ago with like the Oasis and the Epic, which were really mega, mega ships. And those were like the, you know, 5,000 people on a ship and they're huge. There is now a new ship trend where they're building them the same size, if not a little smaller, but with reduced capacity. Um, and I, I'll always speak to, to what I know. So on the Norwegian, it's the um, Prima class ships that are just coming out. Um, and they are, they are just as big or bigger than the standard ships that you would be comfortable with, leaning towards the size of a mega ship. But what they have found is they have reduced the capacity of of the passengers. Um, and when it comes wow. to sitting, there are literally beignets of seats everywhere. Um, from the top, top deck all the way to the guest services lobby, there's a piano bar. There's, you'd be hard-pressed not to find a place to, to sit moving from one point of the ship to the other, even if you just needed a break. Um, and, and the new ships are down to about 3,200 to 3,500 passengers rather than 6,000. So it's a pretty yeah. substantial, um, it's a pretty substantial um, smaller number on a ship that they claim is, is, is as large as the mega ships are. Now, if you're going to trivia, which on some ships is really popular, you're, you're, you may need to learn the first time you go and you go with 15 minutes to spare and you get there and there's no seats that you're going to want to leave 30, 35 right. minutes earlier. Yeah. Um, once you, there once are you establish, things. yeah. Once you establish that you're playing trivia, people will generally save you a seat. Crew members will, but, but if you don't get there in time, you'll be able to listen to it, but you're not going to get a seat close by. Um, and any more folks, Miss Marianne? Oh, we have a lot of people. But um, Jane, do we have anybody in Clubhouse? Anybody else from Clubhouse? I didn't see your hand, so I'm gonna just thought I'd check in. Okay, um, we have Diane. Okay, Diane. can you all hear me? Yep. Yes. Okay, I have a lot to say, so you'll probably have to shut me up. Um, first of all, Kate, uh, Katie, were you at the ACB convention? Because um, I, I really wanted to talk to you in the exhibit hall if you were there, but I didn't get there. I was, yes. I did have to leave early on Wednesday because I ended up with strep throat. So I, I had to leave Wednesday and I wasn't there the half day that the exhibit hall was open Wednesday. But I was there the rest of the time. Okay. Yeah, I was sorry I missed you because yeah, I really no, wanted to talk okay. to you. Anyway, um, my husband and I have been on 10 cruises that I can think of. Um, since 1987. And um, we have always used the um, cruise lines excursions because we figured that they um, would give us the best experience. 
Their guides are always very knowledgeable. And one important thing is if you wind up being late getting back to the ship um, because of the, you know, something that happened on the tour, you know, the tour was late getting back. They have to wait for you then. So at least, yep. you know, that's what they've yep. always told us. Um, now, the last cruise that, that my husband and I went on was to Hawaii. We went to, and we went with a sighted person who had several physical disabilities and needed to use a walker. And she had a very hard time um, taking that walker around with her. Um, they wouldn't let her, of course, take it on the bus. She had to always put it under the bus. They wouldn't let her take it in the dining hall. Um, so it, it was kind of a, a hassle for her. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I, I don't know if that, you know, if that might be a consideration for somebody. They had an app. The last, the last cruise we took was to Hawaii aboard the Ruby Princess. And um, they had a phone app that they wanted everybody to use to uh, book all their stuff on. And I guess at one time it was, you know, rather accessible with voiceover, but they did something to it so it wasn't. And then when we were on the ship, they wanted us to use it. You know, we could like book reservations and meals and, you know, right. get drinks at the bars and things like that. And again, it wasn't accessible and they wanted us to use their Wi-Fi and keep our phones on airplane mode. And the Wi-Fi was extremely slow. So all of us had trouble. Even the sighted passengers did not like this app. And um, even though they'd had a couple of seminars on, you know, that people could go to on how to use it. Um, yeah, so I we were not happy with that. And we wound up getting a person before we went on the cruise. We wound up getting one person assigned to help us in their disabilities office mm -hmm. and he was you know very helpful to us but then when we got on the ship you know we we had to just you know get help as we could get it but everyone was very helpful including yes. including when we went on we went to um maui and of course everyone knows what happened there at lahaina well they had a, a couple of tours we were going to take a beach tour and we found out before we went on that it was a walking tour and of course as i told you i have a friend that used walker um right. so they um suggested to us that we take a different tour that would take us on a bus to lahaina and um and it was a wonderful it was a wonderful experience and they didn't charge us anymore they charged us the same price for the original tour that we had booked. And we were so happy Excellent. that they recommended that to us because we none of us were up to doing a lot of walking, which that the other tour that we had would have required. Um Miss so, Miss Diane, we've got we got a bunch of people still waiting. Okay. We've only got 10 minutes. So thank you okay, very much well, for your call. Okay. Yep. Well, um, thank you. And you know, yeah, just advocate for yourself. That's what you have to do. Um, thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Thank you. We have Tyler. Yep. Tyler, you may unmute. Hey, Katie, it's Tyler. Yep. We can hear you. Hi, how Tyler. Are you? How, how you doing? <laughs> oh, 
you know, I'm not going to miss a call if you're on it. So, um, I do, I might do have a question about, um, the flat panel elevators. So, um, when they say flat panel, do they mean like, um, the elevator switches are like a, a little bit like a mini LC, um, LED TV type thing? Yeah, they're not even mini. Most of them, they are like a giant, basically kind of like a giant iPad. Um, so d does it talk? Does it have voiceover? Nope. nope. There you go. No, they do not. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're just so, a blank screen. <laughs> so was this going to be the type of elevators that we'll, ex that I'll experience, um, when we go to, when we go to Israel in March? As of right now, no. Okay. I can't say that they won't put the ship in dry dock and make some updates, but as of right now, no, it's not supposed to be those types of elevators. Okay. But, but the but the real point is, Tyler, that that Katie, as your travel agent, will 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 continue to ask those kinds of hard questions. And if you decide to use anybody else but Katie, you need to be sure they ask those kinds of questions because there's nothing worse than being on a cruise ship when you can't use the elevators. And totally okay. unprepared too. Like yeah, exactly. Be what's coming yeah. up. Thanks for your call, Mr. Tyler. Yeah, have a good night, folks. Thank you. Yep. Bye, Tyler. We have Debbie. Yeah, hi there. Um, hi there. We've uh, been on a couple of, uh, well, I've been on a couple of cruises. My husband's been on several, but a couple of questions I have. Katie, um, where are you all going in 2025? And um, do you all take like payment? Uh, if somebody wants to book ahead and pay off, you know, so much at a time, do you do that? And um, my third question would be, uh, I've been on Carnival, but what other cruise lines would people recommend besides Carnival if you wanted to try a different cruise line? And can you give your phone number one more time? Yes. Okay. So that was several questions. I'm going to try to hit them all, but if I miss any, just let me know. Um, okay. So my cruise to the Caribbean in 2025 is on Royal Caribbean. Both of mine are my Alaska one and the Caribbean one. Um, my Caribbean cruise that I'm doing is April 28th through May the 5th. It's an Eastern Caribbean, so it's sailing out of Port Canaveral. It's going to Labadee, Haiti, and Perfect Day at Coco Cay, both of which are Royal Caribbean private islands. Coco Cay is, the, the whole island is theirs. And then in Labadee, Haiti, it's a private section of Haiti that Royal Caribbean owns. Okay. Uh, it is on a smaller ship and it is a shorter cruise. I chose that one for maybe people who were a little bit hesitant to cruise or brand new to it, weren't sure if they were going to like it. Um, and then it is able to be paid in as many payments as you'd like, as long as it's paid in full by final payment. Um, and because I actually have these groups, you don't even have to do full deposit when you book. Um, so if you were to book it, on your own or outside of the group, then that full deposit of $200 for this, this particular cruise I'm talking about, the deposit is $200, would be due at booking and it would be non-refundable. 
Um, but because it's part of a group proof that I am running, you do not have to pay the full $200 up front. You can do as little as $50 to get started and get a room held for you. And then it is fully refundable up until December 29th of 2024. Excellent. And before I, before I forget, I received uh, an email uh, from a lady in Oklahoma who wanted to be here who is also putting together a cruise um, that's very, it's, it's, um, it's actually going out of um, Los Angeles, going down the, the west coast of Mexico and then back to Los Angeles. And she encourages you, if you're interested in something like that, to get hold of her at blindcruising at gmail.com. Blindcruising at gmail.com. That's actually a pretty cool email address. Uh, <laughs> so um, she is in Oklahoma and her name is um, her name is Debbie Sanders. So if um, if folks are interested in learning more, give Debbie a call. I guess we can take one. Well, maybe we won't. Um, Katie, why don't you go ahead and give us your information once more just to be on the safe side? Yes. Um, anybody's interested in more info about my group cruises or just cruising or taking a trip in general, I'd love to help you out. My phone number is 317-694-4023. And my email is katie, K-A-T-I-E dot white, spelled just like the color, W-H-I-T-E, at MMV, like Magical Moments Vacations, MMVAgent.com. Excellent. Um, and is there anything else you'd like to say for one or one and a half minutes, Miss Katie? Uh, just thank you guys for having me on. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I do also, just in case anyone is interested, I do also have a podcast on Unmute Presents. It's called Katie Talks Travel. And um, if you were really interested in hearing about cruising today, my last episode that just came out last week uh, is an overview of all the different cruise lines. Um, so that could be a really good starting point for anyone who's considering cruising and you're not sure which line is the best fit for you because they do all have different offerings. So that could be a good kind of overview that you could listen to to get an idea of which line might be the best fit for you. Excellent. And and the name of the podcast once more? It's Katie Talks Travel, and it's on Unmute Presents. Very good. And the proper spaces in the word, so Katie Space Talks yep. Space Travel? Yep. Yep. Miss Katie, thank you very much for being here. Um Next week on Tuesday Topics, we are uh, going to be inviting uh, some members of the Employment Committee to join us as we start the kind of Disability Employment Month of October. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, some of the things that they're doing at the moment. And in particular, they want to let us know about a survey um, that they're trying to get underway that they would very much like everyone to be involved with. But I also have decided that we're going to talk about an issue that folks may find interesting and may not. And that issue is white cane laws. How much good do they do us? 
Um, how effective are they? Uh, to what degree um, are uh, do they need to be changed? And uh, how valuable is it to spend efforts trying to alter them? So I hope that lots of you who are hanging out, talking about cruising will join us next week um, to talk more about white cane laws and employment, both of which are important components for October. And of course, during October is also the time when White Cane Day happens. So hope loads of people will turn up. We will probably end up doing another uh, program on cruising down the road. Uh, I don't think we can cover it all in, in one. So we hope that Miss Katie will think about perhaps even coming back and joining us again. In the meantime, I want to find, thank all of the crew and Mikey Wiseman as well, who've been involved on Tuesday topics. And good night. <laughs>